Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hi there. Today, we're with uh, Corey Morgan. Corey is uh, someone who I adored working with back when I was at Adidas, and he was as well. We worked on uh, supply chain and close-to-market uh, renovations for the Rockport brand. Corey, it's thrilling to have you here today. Thank you. Uh, Corey is today the CEO and founder of Simply Ship, which is an amazing international air and ocean freight uh, marketplace. Uh, he lives in the Boston area, and um, we're going to talk today about the future of international logistics software. Uh, so, Corey, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. So, I guess the first question that anyone's going to want to know is, what exactly is international shipping software or logistics yeah. software? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... On the domestic side of things, there's a lot more software today, which is basically um, transportation management software, TMS. And it helps companies and shippers, basically the brand side of things, um, ship full truckload and less than truckload. That doesn't really exist on the international side today. When we talk about international, we're talking about B2B, ocean containers, less than container load, and air freight. Um, on the air freight side, it's pallets, not small package. Um, and so what international logistics software does, at least in the initial stages, and we'll get to more of the future stuff, but what we concentrate on is, is taking those million forwarders or so around the world and using a platform approach um, so the shipper can get the best price and service for them. What is rather a than, forwarder? Yeah, good question. <laughs> so um, there's obviously the assets, right? So there's Maersk, that's the ocean carrier. There's about 10 major ocean carriers. Then you've got um, you know, the air carriers like Delta or whoever, um, forwarders sit in the middle and they buy in bulk from the asset guys or asset uh, companies in advance. And they'll say, hey, I'm going to ship 10,000 40-foot containers a year. Um, I'm going to buy that from Maersk at a price, and then I'm going to resell it to the smaller customers. Wow, that's amazing. And so basically what we're talking about here is the way that goods that are produced in one place in the world or what, whether that's a raw material or a finished good get shipped around the world. Exactly, exactly. And does your company focus on any specific area or do you guys ship, you connect people who are shipping everything? Yeah, so I mean, naturally we're like stronger in North America, uh, but in reality, if you're in international shipping, you need to be strong in the major trade lanes. So, um, you know, Europe, Asia, um, North America, and we're growing all around the world with the forwarder networks and forwarders that we're bringing on naturally speaking. Um, but you know, and today in digital, um, you know, you got buyers and sellers all over the world. So if you're trying to do what we we are doing, um, we need to make sure that we have coverage as much as we can around the world. So it's it's a very hard um, challenge, but we're we're definitely making um, progress there. It's great. And when we think about the future of this industry, when I mean, obviously, we think about environmental concerns and we think about that, but specifically on the software side, which is trying to I, I'm going to guess, enable uh, streamlining, right, and efficiencies both for the shippers and the green footprint, the carbon footprint, yeah. but also from a cost perspective and a timing perspective, what does the future look like and, and what is that timeline? 
Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I'll probably be one of your more boring conversations because international logistics is so far behind. Um, but we are very focused on API integrations. And so what I think is can you, the can future. You, can you just tell us what API is just for all the brief people who don't might not know? <laughs> yeah. So it's application programming interface. So when you, when you're on kayak.com and you press search, they're actually calling the airlines APIs. So they don't have access to the database of rates or whatever like that, but they can call it and get a rate back. So it's basically just machine to machine communication. Um, Excellent, thank you. And so the past in logistics, you had to build your, or not build your own software, but SaaS providers built big systems. So, right, you're thinking about like SAP, Oracle. Um, the, the close future, like now actually, and then five to 10 years um, is really, this modular approach where one company can offer, let's say rate management, another one can offer um, vessel schedules, flight schedules, and the shipper can actually build their own TMS. So wow. I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very exciting to me because not only is it more affordable, but you've got specialists that can focus on what they're good at and you can build a best in class TMS. Um, Remind now, me what TMS is? Tra transportation management system. We, we are famous in supply chain for having acronyms for everything. So. I, I remember that very vividly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to get, that's the baseline here is when we ask about future is we're so far behind that going digital and coming online is a big thing. So there's all sorts of stuff we can talk about, like machine learning, stuff like this. But the real near future that's going to be exciting for everyone is when international logistics is actually online and transactions occur digitally. And is that being done by a certain number of companies or is this kind of like you simply ship is one of many kind of startup players who are integrating on the tech side? I'd say from a startup approach, we're probably one of like maybe 10 um, globally, which isn't a lot for that industry. It's, it's not much at all, especially for how big the industry is. I was going to say, speaking. how many like cubic tons are you guys moving every year? I mean, it must be in the, in the hundreds of millions Honestly, I don't keep track of that because it doesn't doesn't turn to rev for us, so I don't really care. But but it's it's quite a bit. Um, but in terms of like the forwarders, you've got there's an opportunity because ninety nine point nine percent of the forwarders are not quote unquote digital. But you've got a lot even from the carrier side pushing towards digital. Like Maersk is not is not accepting um, manual bookings on certain trade lanes. So the future is there, and everything's happening through digital means. It's just that we're not there yet. So. Um, I mean, I can tell you from our uptake, inbound is crazy for us right now. We can't even keep up from a, a demo perspective because we've kind of hit this pivotal peak in, in international logistics where there's, there's less resistance to it and people are realizing that this is the future of doing business. Well, it's interesting, basically what you're saying, and when you talk about inbounds, the inbounds are coming from brands and companies who need shipping services, right? Exactly. And they're basically saying that we can't get a full cargo container, for instance, of shoes because of, let's just use our experience at Adidas, have a close to market calendar. So products dropping more frequently, we're not filling as many containers or it's going yep. to different places around the world. So we actually need almost like a drop ship method, but we need it to be reliable in the international freight, whether that's air or, or sea. Yeah. I mean, the issues are different. So on the forwarder side, it's, Hey, I can't, I can't go call on my customer anymore. Not only, not only is it a generational shift, like when I first started, I didn't want to talk to anyone either when I was on the Adidas side. But, you know, I think a lot of sales guys or salespeople thought, oh, well, you know, 
I'll keep grinding, right? But now COVID comes along and, and you literally can't see any of your customers. So they're trying to sell. And then on the shipper side, um, rates are all over the place. Contracts aren't being, um, you know, enforced or, or, you know, carried on or whatever you want to call it. But, um, and then you've got air freight that's, that's shockingly, um, you know, going up and down, left and right. And then you've got capacity issues and equipment issues. So shippers are saying, well, you know, I used to be able to contract directly with the carriers and get great pricing. Well, that pricing doesn't mean anything if you can't ship on that price. Yeah. So now they're, they're kind of, I think this is causing a, a very interesting pivotal point in the industry where even shippers are starting to get it. And, um, you know, we always fall into this little kind of thing. Like we had to educate the forwarders because forwarders and carriers about technology, because those are the ones that are educating the shippers. Mm-hmm. So you see, it's kind of been this little cycle that um, we finally got to a point where I think everyone's kind of all in on it. It's interesting. It's kind of like the digital. I mean, part of what you're telling me, and if you look at the future, is every other industry has been talking digital transformation for the last 15 years. And you're saying actually like the international world of shipping and logistics is actually going through its own digital transformation as we speak. Exactly. I mean, and, and part of the thing is like transact buyers and, and sellers are meeting more frequently online for B2B, in fact. Like, so you've got a marketplace for cars, you've got a marketplace for, for chemicals. And what one of our APIs does is we integrate into those marketplaces so that when someone wants to buy a container full of acetone or something like that, they can ship it. So we kind of do the same thing where we, where we give that shopping cart experience they have on the consumer side to B2B. So part of our argument to the forwarders is like, look, it's not only about servicing your customers, but in the future, there's going to be a portion of freight that you just don't have access to because they're not going to go off off the marketplace and say, hey, uh, XYZ Forder that I've been doing business with, can I get a rate and can I wait three days to get it? And so that's the other thing is if you want to grow your business, it's very clear digital has been leading the way for many brands, right? For a while now, outside of maybe what we're talking about in international logistics. So it doesn't take a rocket science scientist to connect the dots and say, okay, well, something similar is going to happen in, in logistics. It's fascinating. And so let's just say, I mean, you're like, this is all happening right now. So there's the near in future. Um, and I love that you said X, Y, Z forwarder, because of course, this is the future of X, Y, Z that we're <laughs> talking about. So when we think about the future of this, it's five to 10 years out. If, if it all goes to your hopes and aspirations for your company, but also for the industry, what does it look like? Yeah, so I mean, from a forest perspective, to be honest with you, I, I, I want to be a little bit hesitant in what I say, because, although I'd, I am fully supportive of forwarders. Probably people watching this might be like thinking I'm going to say something outrageous, like forwarders will go out of business, but I actually really don't think that. I think they play a very critical role. Um, I do think there's going to be significant automation. So you will see a reshift in the way these organizations are run. Um, today, they're very, very people heavy on the sales side and customer service side. I think a lot of that, there's some stat like 90% of the questions that these guys face are all about where's my container? Um, can I get a schedule? And stuff that can be fully automated. So I think, sorry, some people are going to lose their jobs or they're going to be re- reallocated to other roles that actually add value. A lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's, that's reality. Um, there's a couple of exciting technologies I think that can that can enable that. One is what we're working on, which is of course the pricing aspect. Um, but we have a partner named Quick.io that does kind of like a TMS for forwarders, so customers can come on, they can get a rate, which is powered by our API, uh, booking and vessels, uh, flight schedules, um, uh, 
kind of communication online, reporting, all that stuff, visibility. Um, but then you've got a lot of cool other technologies like RPA, which is robotic process automation. Um, that's just simple stuff that there's a lot of redundancy. Like, in fact, if you don't have an API from us, if you email a forwarder to get a rate, the RPA can actually work to look up what their rates are and spit an email back to that, that person asking for a rate or handle documentation, uptake, stuff like this that I think, although not exciting, probably generally speaking, compared to a lot of people you probably talk to, but this is stuff that's going to happen in five to probably five years, roughly. Like but it's super important up. stuff because it's the way we all receive everything that we buy and, and the world's, regardless of what's happening economically or politically health-wise, it's just getting smaller. So the fact that someone can buy a container of acetone in order to be able to make whatever they're making with it and then spread it out and you can do the documentation and, and, and ensure you know the timelines and you can see the full thing transparently, that is important. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, I guess the question at the end of the day is ideally it should make things more efficient, right? And so I, I wonder if, you know, it leads to better pricing or whatever the case is. It could be an interesting um, occurrence. And then you've got Maersk that's trying to sell directly to customers, which is conflicting with forwarders. So, you know, forwarders are Maersk customers and then Maersk is also in a way competing with them now. So, and Maersk um, is the world's largest shipper. And I think that they have ocean, train, truck, they do everything, right? Basically, yeah. Um, and so their whole idea is something, it's actually not a crazy idea because it failed when I was um, at Adidas, when I just started, they tried to do something very similar. So um, I guess the only difference is that they're going after technology a little bit more. Um, so there's some exciting stuff. And then, you know, blockchain in general is not very attractive to me. I mean, I, I'm a huge critic of it. So I'm not going to come out and say that that's going to be a game changer, although it's it's cool for certain trade aspects like letter of credit, which involves a bank. Um, blockchain makes perfect sense for it, but is it going to solve everything? No. Um, well, it doesn't solve, but it's, it, it, it helps facilitate it. If I understand blockchain correctly in its application here, which might not be the case, but especially for like smaller producers, especially it's going to be really important for authenticity, for being able to kind of get from point A to point B without someone taking off the top, et cetera, so that you're getting whole containers and, and whatever else. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess me being a super like critic of it and hard on it because I come from the sourcing side, I just don't see it. Someone still has to put that data in. Right. So I don't, it solves a lot of issues and that's why I like the bank thing, taking the bank out for the letter of credit makes perfect sense to me. I mean, look, I could be totally wrong at some point um, with it, but and then the other thing, like we were talking about before I do, I'm not an expert in this area, but I think like electro, electric um, vessels and, and other ways of propulsion, we saw Cargill, which I think might be one of the, at least the U S biggest shipper um, commodities they've been putting sales on there. They just put sales on their vessels. And this is stuff that's not like really that's rocket side. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it's it's huge, right? It's we're, really we're, cool. going, we're going back to uh, the, the, <laughs> the days of the 1400s, you know? It's uh, like sales on vessels, crazy. Exa exactly. So, I mean, I'm intrigued a lot by that stuff. I need to learn more about it, but I think that's the most, that's that's more, I think, the, the stuff people want to hear that's super exciting about what we do, not like the Although the nuts and bolts that I talked about are, are important, it's just not as sexy. They're, they're not as sexy, but they're super important because nothing else happens without the nuts and bolts and, and, and being able to connect the different parties that need the service. Exactly, absolutely. So, 
So thanks, Corey. I'm going to ask just one other thing before we, we shut down for today. When we think about the future of, you know, of, of international logistics software, what is, uh, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you would love to have people know about? Um, I, t I always say very similar stuff. Like to me, it's, it's right now everything's siloed, right? So like, if you go, if you think about it from a brand's perspective, um, it's really hard to get data. Um, and so, and I know this isn't a good answer for all this, but as even a perfect example is this domestic TMS transportation management system. And there's an internet, there's barely international. And then you've got parcel and then you've got all this other stuff and you've got regional players that ha only have software that works in this region. So once again, not very exciting, but the thing is with all the, the technology rolling out, the future is just integrating these. So you've got one solution um, that's feeding all this data. Um, and then you've got a lot of cool visibility products out there as well in terms of like the granularity of where your container is. And we're at an interesting time, I think, um, in the industry, generally speaking is, okay, more granularity is, is available, but do we need it? So that question's being answered right now. Like, do I really need to know my containers, you know, a mile further than it was before? And the answer is probably not, but right. it's there. So I think we're at an interesting time where this is going to start being, you know, the bridge is going to be being built. And then um, I do find machine learning fascinating for various reasons. I mean, you do need a lot of data. And I do feel like a lot of these operational, you know, activities that I used to do when I was a logistics coordinator can be automated. Like, here's my volumes. What's the pricing that I should be getting? Because to me, I think you, arguably, I think you can predict the future of pricing in a way. And we're working on it for a while, but um, it's hard. But those are applications that I think you can use machine, machine learning for to optimize without actually manually having to do stuff. I, I, you keep saying that you don't think it's most interesting, but I have been reminded of why I'm probably the world's biggest geek. Um, <laughs> and I love talking about this stuff and love learning about it. Um, so Corey, thanks so much for sharing everything you know. It's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, I know everyone else who listened to the Future of XYZ today is appreciative as well. Um, and uh, I really look forward to seeing where your predictions take us. Thanks. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, if anyone has any questions, they can, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll connect you when we post this. So thanks so much, Corey. Awesome. Thanks for have having me, day. Lisa. Yeah, you too. Of course. Thanks for listening to the future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Gronlick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.